Chapter Fifteen of A Coin of Edward the Seventh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Coin of Edward the Seventh by Fergus Hume. Chapter Fifteen. An Awkward Interview. The discovery of the coin perplexed Giles. It was certainly the trinket attached to the bangle which he had given Anne and here he found it in the grounds of the priory this would argue that she was in the neighbourhood in the house it might be she had never been to the priory when living at the elms certainly not after the new year when she first became possessed of the coin he decided therefore that at some late period within the last few days she had been in the park and there had lost the coin it would indeed be strange if this trifling present which he had made her should be the means of tracing her to her hiding-place and that hiding-place was the priory giles felt sure of this if she was in the neighbourhood and walking about openly she would be discovered and arrested therefore she must be concealed in the house she had gone off with walter franklin and here she was under the wing of his brother george the case grew more mysterious and perplexing as time went on giles did not know which way to turn or what advantage to reap from this discovery certainly if he could get into the priory and search the house he might discover anne or it might be that if he confided in franklin and told him of his love for anne the man might tell the truth and let him have an interview but the matter took some thinking out he decided to let it remain in abeyance at present after kissing the coin had it not been anne's he slipped it into his waistcoat pocket and returned home here a surprise and not a very agreeable one awaited him he reached his house just in time to dress for dinner and found a letter which had been delivered by hand it was from olga Karaxay and announced that she and her mother were stopping at the village inn she asked giles to come over that evening as she wished to introduce him to the elder princess where was vexed that this inopportune visit should have taken place at the moment he did not wish to be introduced to olga's mother and had more to do than to chatter french to a foreign lady however being naturally a most polite young gentleman he could not refuse the request and after dinner proceeded to the village morris the landlord of the merry dancer which was the name of the inn was a burly man and usually extremely self-important on this night he excelled himself and looked as swollen as the frog in the fable that two princesses should stay in his house was an honour which overwhelmed him to be sure they were foreigners which made a difference still they had titles and plenty of money and for all morris knew as he observed to his flustered wife might be exiled sovereigns morris received giles in his best clothes and bowed himself to the ground yes mr ware their highnesses are within on the first floor mr ware having engaged a salon and two bedrooms i didn't know you had a salon morris said giles his eyes twinkling for the time being i call it such replied the landlord grandly my daughter is a french scholar mr ware and called the sitting-room by that name me and mrs morris and henrietta morris wish to make their highnesses feel at home allow me to conduct you sir to the salon of their highnesses the garkong is engaged with the june along with the famille de chambers who also waits 
you are a french scholar morris henrietta morris my daughter or i should say mon fille has instructed me in the language sir this way to the salon sir and morris marshalled the way with the air of a courtier of louis the fourteenth giles entered the sitting-room which was pretty and quaint but extremely unpretentious bubbling over with laughter olga came forward and catching sight of his face laughed also as she shook hands with him i see you know the jest she said morris informed me of it as soon as i entered his door why have you come down to this dull place princess ah no she made a pretty gesture of annoyance you must to-night call me olga i should not think of taking such a liberty said giles quickly olga pouted then mademoiselle olga said she my mother you must call the princess caraxay will you allow me mr ware to present you to my mother she led the young man forward and he found himself bowing to a stout lady who at one time must have been beautiful but in whom age had destroyed a great amount of her good looks she was darker than her daughter and had a languid indolent air which seemed to account for her stoutness evidently she never took exercise her face was still beautiful and she had the most glorious pair of dark eyes her hair was silvery and contrasted strangely with her swart face one would have thought that she had african blood in her she wore a yellow dress trimmed with black lace and many jewels twinkled on her neck and arms and in her hair her tastes like her appearance were evidently barbaric in this cold misty island she looked like some gorgeous tropical bird astray i am glad to see you mr ware she said in soft languid tones yet with a kind of rough burr my daughter has often talked of you her english was very good and there was little trace of foreign accent yet the occasional lisp and the frequent roughness added a piquancy to her tones even at her age and she was considerably over fifty she was undeniably a fascinating woman in her youth she must have been a goddess both for looks and charm olga was regal and charming but her mother excelled her giles found himself becoming quite enchanted with this cleopatra of the west you have been long in england princess he asked but a week i came to see olga she would have me come although i dislike travelling but i am fond of olga it is more than my father is said olga with a shrug he would not come i suppose he thinks that i have disgraced him my dear child reproved her mother you know what your father's opinion is about this wild life you lead a very hard-working life retorted her daughter singing is not easy for the rest i assure you i am respectable it is not the life for a caraxay my dear if you would only come back to vienna and marry the man your father i choose for myself when i marry flashed out olga with a glance at the uncomfortable giles count tarok can take another wife the princess seeing that giles found this conversation somewhat trying refrained from further remark she shrugged her ample shoulders and sipped her coffee which she complained was bad you do not know how to make coffee here she said unfurling a fan and it is cold this england of yours princess to-night is warm expostulated ware 
nevertheless i have had a fire made up she answered pointing with her fan to the end of the room the landlord was so surprised he no doubt considered it to be an eccentricity of her highness said olga with a laugh a cigarette mother the princess took one languidly and moved her chair closer to the fire the night to giles was quite hot and he could scarcely bear the stifling heat of the room windows and doors were closed and the fire flamed up fiercely also some pastilles had been burnt by olga and added a heavy sensuous scent to the atmosphere ware could not help comparing the room to the venusberg and the women to the sirens of that unholy haunt which of the two was venus he did not take upon himself to decide i am used to the tropics exclaimed the princess puffing blue clouds of smoke i come from jamaica but i have been many years in vienna and in that cold hungary she shivered and now i see princess why you speak english so well said giles and he might also have added that he now guessed why she was so eastern in appearance and so barbaric in her taste for crude vivid colours she had negro blood in her veins he decided and olga also this would account for the fierce temperament of the latter i left jamaica when i was twenty-two exclaimed the princess while her daughter frowned for some reason olga did not seem to approve of these confidences prince karakse was travelling there he came to my father's plantation and there he married me i am sorry i did not marry someone in jamaica she finished lazily my dear mother broke in her daughter petulantly you have always been happy in vienna and at the castle at the castle yes it was so quiet there but vienna ah it is too gay too troublesome you don't like noise and excitement princess she shook her imperial head with the gesture of an angry queen i like nothing but rest to be in a hammock with a cigarette and to hear the wind bend the palms the surf break on the shores it is my heaven but in hungary no palms no surf ah she made a face you are different to mademoiselle olga here said ware smiling quite different cried olga with a gay laugh but i am like my father he is a bold hunter and rider ah if i had only been born a man i love the saddle and the gun no wonder i got away from the dull society life of vienna where women are slaves i like being a slave if rest is slavery murmured her mother would not your father let you ride and shoot mademoiselle olga oh yes in a measure but he is an austrian of the old school he does not believe in a woman being independent my mother who is obedient and good is the wife he loves the prince has been very kind to me he does not trouble me he wouldn't let the air blow too roughly on you mother said olga with a scornful laugh he is a descendant of those magyars who has circassian slaves and adores them as playthings i am different you are terribly farouche olga sighed the older woman your father has forgiven you but he is still annoyed i had the greatest difficulty in getting his permission to come over here he doubtless thinks you will be able to bring me back to marry count tarak replied olga composedly 
but i stay she looked at giles again as if he were the reason she thus decided to change the conversation he stood up i fear i fatigue you ladies he said looking very straight and handsome you will wish to retire certainly i retire said the princess but my daughter i shall stop and talk with mr ware olga murmured her mother rather shocked i fear i have to go said giles uneasily no you must stop i have to talk to you about anne who is this anne asked the princess rising lazily no one you know mother a friend of mr ware's now you must retire and katinka shall make you comfortable you will not be long olga if your father knew my father will not know broke in her daughter leading the elder woman to the door you will not tell him besides she shrugged we women are free in england what would shock my father is good form in this delightful country the princess murmured something to giles in a sleepy tone and lounged out of the room bulky but graceful when she departed and the door was closed olga threw open the windows pa she said throwing the pastilles out of the door i cannot breathe in this atmosphere and you mr ware i prefer untainted airs he replied accepting a cigarette the airs of the moors and of the mountains she exclaimed drawing herself up and looking like a huntress in her free grace i also i love wide spaces and chill winds if we were in the carpathians you and i how savage our life would be an alluring picture princess i am not princess at present i am olga mademoiselle olga he corrected and what about anne she appeared annoyed by his persistence you think of nothing but that woman she cried impetuously your friend mademoiselle ach how stiffly you say that my friend oh yes i would do much for anne but why should i do all i do not understand mademoiselle with a strong effort she composed herself and looked at him smiling is it so very difficult to understand she asked softly very difficult replied ware stolidly none so blind as those who won't see muttered olga savagely quite so mademoiselle he rose to go will you permit me to retire no i have much to say to you please sit down if you will talk about anne he replied still standing from what you said at our first interview she evidently knows something of the scarlet cross and i don't know what she does know she was always careful i thought she spoke freely to you oh as a woman always does speak to one of her own sex with reservations mr ware still i could tell you something likely to throw some light on the mystery if you only would it would not lead you to her hiding-place what if i knew it already mademoiselle she stood before him her hands clenched her breathing coming and going in quick short gasps you can't know that but you do he said suddenly i may or i may not she replied quickly and if you know why not seek her out i intend to try to try then you are not sure where she is said olga eagerly before i answer that mademoiselle i must know if you are my friend or anne's enemy and he looked at her straightly you have put the matter the position in the right way 
i am your friend and anne's no i am not her enemy but i won't give her to you no i won't you must guess that i mademoiselle he interrupted quickly spare yourself and me unnecessary humiliation you know that i love anne that i love no one but her i would give my life to find her to prove her innocence even your life will not bring her to you or save her from the law giles she held out her arms i love you the heat of the room is too much for you i will go no she flung herself between him and the door since i have said so much i must say all listen i have been making inquiries i know more about the scarlet cross and anne's connection with it than you think her fate is in my hands i can prove her innocence and you will you will on condition that you give her up i refuse to give her up he cried angrily then she will be punished for a crime she did not commit you know that she is innocent i can prove it and i shall do so you know my price olga do not speak like this i would do much to save anne and you refuse to save her she replied scornfully i refuse to give her up then i shall do so to the police i know where she is you do that is why you are down here i did not come here for that but to see you to make my terms i love you and if you will give her up i shall save her i can save her in spite of you said giles walking hastily in the door your presence here confirms a fancy that i had i can guess where anne is and i'll save her you will bring her to the light of day and she will be arrested i alone can save her you will oh olga be your better self and-you know my price she said between her teeth i can't pay it i can't then you must be content to see her ruined you are a devil and you are most polite no i am a woman who loves you and who is determined to have you at any cost can you really save anne i can will you give me time to think a flash of joy crossed her face then i am not so indifferent to you as you would have me suppose she said softly you are not so no no i can't say it give me time give me time he opened the door wait wait she said and closed it again i will give you two days then i return to london if i have your promise anne shall be set free from this accusation if you tamper in the meantime with her for you may know where she is i'll have her arrested at once i will do nothing he said in muffled tones swear swear she placed her hands on his shoulders giles stepped back to free himself i will swear nothing he said in icy tones i take my two days so saying he opened the door but not quickly enough to prevent her kissing him you are mine you are mine she exclaimed exultingly let anne have her liberty her good name i have you you are mine mine on conditions 
said giles cruelly and went away quickly end of chapter fifteen read by celine major